Have you ever wanted to sell more books and enroll more customers? Or maybe you're looking to find ways to sustain your message and truly make your difference. Hosted by Sean Rosensteel, Authorized is a live collaborative show dedicated to helping self-development authors take their businesses to the next level. All right, I think we're live, Kate. Thanks for being here with us on the Authorized Show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet, you bet. So you are a brave and very generous person. So I just made a pivot with this show. And what we're trying to do is create a community of like-minded people who are all really after the same thing. So as you know, on my first season, when we first met, I was interviewing authors. We were talking about their books. And what was happening was we'd end the live interview. And then for 20 or 30 minutes, we'd have like this uh, unbelievable conversation, like really raw, authentic conversation about our businesses, what's working, where we're struggling. And it was suggested a few weeks ago by one of my previous guests that, hey, why don't you make this into your show? You know, this was a lot more fun than talking about myself for the entire episode. So that was a light bulb moment. And now we're into season two. I emailed you a few weeks ago. I said, hey, would you mind, you know, being the guinea pig when we make this pivot? So I appreciate you being here. I love guinea pigging. I'm cool with that. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's start with your book. You've been selling some copies and we'll talk about that, but I'm interested. So the big bounce back ability factor. Bounce back ability factor. It reminds me of uh, Marley, Mar uh, what's her name? Marie Marie Everything is figure outable. Yes, yes. Yeah. So when I saw that and I read the front and back, like it reminded me a lot of that. And I'm a big fan of this concept, right? So the bounce back ability factor, tell us a little about it. The bounce back ability factor, the title um, was part of a podcast episode that I did in my first podcast that is now no longer findable on the internet, thank God. But I was having a conversation with my best friend and she was saying, she asked me, well, what is it that you like really want for people? Like, what is it that you're trying to get out of doing all of this work? And I said, I just wish that people knew about their own bounce back ability. And we both stopped and we were like, oh, that's cool. it. You know, but that was like three years ago. And, and I thought at that time that I made up the word bounce back ability. I didn't, everybody didn't. out there. It's been around since the seventies apparently. Um, so I, yeah, Wikipedia disappointed me and, made me feel like less of a genius, but that's all right. Yes. Have, you, have you run the report on Google Trends to see like when that actually was invented? No, no, I, I, I suck at data. <laughs> I well, do. I like looking at trends, you know, that that's like, it, it gives you data it on like- good. It would be fun. Written word, like when it was first introduced into the language. Right. And then like the popularity of it over time. So it'd be very interesting to see if it was in the seventies and if it's, Trending, right? Exactly. No, it would be awesome. So, but I thought I made up that word. I was a little disappointed to find out that I hadn't. But when I was writing the book, I did not have that as the title, right? Okay. That was I. I was writing a book about burnout and female entrepreneurs. I didn't have a title yet. I was writing. I was writing. I was writing. I got to the point where I knew I was kind of done with the book, but the book wasn't done yet. But I had sort of done what I could and I and I knew it was missing something. And I kept kind of reading through being like, what the hell? And of course, as one does, I threw it to the side because I couldn't figure it out. And it just, you know, I, I couldn't figure it out. And I was going through my old podcast 
and I was deleting the episodes and taking it off Libsyn because I was still paying five bucks a month for 12 podcast episodes that no one should have ever been listening to in the first place because they were awful. <laughs> been there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going through and, and right, exactly. And I saw the episode that I did with my best friend and I was kind of missing her. So I decided to listen to it on well. the way out. And when I heard myself say that, and I heard the pause that we ha both ha had after, I was like, oh, bounce back ability is what's missing. That's what's missing from this. I had no idea. So I literally had the whole book finished. I went through the entire book start to finish and wove the thread of bounce back ability through the entire cool. book. And I had to stop and think like, all right, well, but if you want to share that, what does that mean to you? What's the definition? What, how does it different from, how is it different from resilience? What are you really talking about here? So it forced me to take the book to another level that I didn't, I didn't realize at the time I was capable of. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you had your own bounce bounce back ability. That's a mouthful for me. I don't know why, but you had your own <laughs> it's a, bounce it's back ability. It's not an easy ability. word. Yeah, you had your own bounce back ability example with the book yeah. itself, which is neat. Yeah. So did you find yourself editing? I mean, how much was edited when you went through with that new thread? I probably added about 10,000 words. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I added wow. quite a bit because it was, I needed bounce back to be consistent throughout the entire book. I didn't want to mention it in the beginning and then forget it further down. I wanted to keep reminding people that that's what we were going for. So I had to put it everywhere. You're anchoring it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I would imagine that was a lot of those like spell check errors populating through, right? When you use bounce back ability, I hope you just added it and made yeah. it easy. Yes, after about the third time, I was like, no, 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 this is part of my dictionary. Thank you, bye. That's right. That's you right. make me crazy. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah. All right, so you know, you talk a lot about burnout. I've been seeing you a ton on LinkedIn, on Facebook. You're kind of like this burnout expert, right? So what's that all about? What's the story? And you know, what does that mean to you, burnout, right? Burnout to me was years and years and years of not understanding why doing the thing that I loved every day was not making me happy. I was, doing I left. The thing that you loved yes. every day was not making you happy. Yeah, and I was really, really confused by it because if you read all of the books, they all tell you that if you just find your passion, unicorns will come streaming out of your backside and you will live right. on the clouds right. among the leprechauns. And that like, didn't happen? No, mm -mm, didn't. What happened? I left a pre-medicine degree hmm. at Boston University to study Chinese medicine. So this is when I really started following my heart. And this was like, you need to do the thing that's gonna make you happy. I got this from my parents my whole entire life. The focus in my family home was not on financial gain. It was creating a life that you like living. So I thought that that's what I was doing. At the same time, I had this background that said, I understand why my parents made those choices. Also, they were always broke. And I was nervous to tell them that my sneakers were too small and I don't want to live the rest of my life like that. So I have to have a bigger financial goal than they had because that's not the way I want to live my adult life. Hmm. And so I, I followed my heart. I went to acupuncture school. I got into massive debt, you know, because it's, a, it's a, at the time now it's way more, but at the time I finished with close to a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. Wow. 
master's degree in Chinese medicine, but $100,000 later. And then I moved to Poland to start working. So I could only charge $35 a visit because Poland is a much cheaper country. There's less money. It's not New York City. I can't drop, people can't drop $125 on an acupuncture treatment. That is sometimes half of a month's salary. So sure. it's just, you can't. The, I was the most expensive acupuncturist in the city at 35 bucks an hour. Wow. And so I had to see a significant number of patients in order to make just my student loan bill, never mind other things that I wanted to do in life. And so I got into this mode of I have to make more money, I have to make more money, I have to make more money. And at the same time, when I finished acupuncture school, I was only 24, which is incredibly young to finish acupuncture school. Most of the people I was in school with were 40 when we started. So I was a really young acupuncturist. I was in a foreign country where I barely spoke the language. And I really felt like I needed to prove my worth and prove my value. So I overstepped my own energetic, emotional, mental, all of them, all mm. of my energetic boundaries in every direction to prove to people that I was worth the money they were paying me, that I could help them, that I was valuable so that I would be appreciated and loved and that would fulfill me, right? I would make a decent amount of money and also people would know who I was and they would be happy with my services. Sure. And that's what I thought was going to bring me some sense of peace. And I was extremely successful in Poland. This is me being humble. Hmm. I went beyond any expectation. I was on Polish uh, talk shows and like morning shows and I was on panels in the afternoons and I was invited to blah, blah, blah on in magazines when I was two or three years into my practice. So I'm 28 years old. I have a private practice with a three month waiting list. I'm on TV, in magazines, my name is everywhere. If at that time had you searched the word for acupuncture in Polish, it would have been my name for like three pages. And I was so overburdened by so many people needing me hmm. that I crashed. You weren't happy. No, weren't no, I okay. was burdened. I thought, what, I, what more? I can't give you people anything more. I am empty. Sure. And that happened, and I told my husband it was Poland's fault because Polish people are a little pushy and they're a little demanding. So mm -hmm. I said, well, it's, it's Poland's fault. And I had done at that time a life coach. Um, I did like an apprenticeship. So I never went through a, a schooling. I did a two-year apprenticeship with a master life coach. And so I was doing all of this internal work. you know. So I couldn't understand what was really happening with me. And then I told my husband we needed to move. We moved to Prague. I started another practice. I worked a lot less. I didn't have this crazy three-month waiting list. I took it easy. I didn't promote myself too much. I just sort of lived in the expat community, had a good life. And, and I realized after about three or four years living in Prague, I was reading an article online and it was something about burnout. And when I read the word, my whole body like tingled and I was like, oh no, that's it. I've been burnt out since way back then and I haven't really recovered. Hmm. And it didn't matter that I was only working 25 hours a week and that I was happy doing my medicine again. That didn't matter because I never really recovered the first time. So, then burnout turned into this sort of obsession for me. I'm a super nerd. I love research. 
So I read Blame It on Poland. Yeah, I did Blame It on Poland. Are so I read Poland? all. I no, I, my husband, my husband is Polish. I lived oh. there for six years. I speak the language fluently. I have a Polish passport, and, and so technically, I'm a citizen. But uh, but no, I have no like genetic Polish background. It's by Matt Rich, and so I I spent the next couple of years just really digging into my own burnout. I use functional medicine, Chinese medicine, life coaching, therapy. I changed my diet. I, I read all the research. I did everything that I needed to do. And then people started asking me for help because I started talking about it. And I started saying, oh, burnout is a right. thing. Burnout is a thing. And then people are saying, oh my God, that happened to me too. What do I do? What do I do? And after a year or so of that, I realized that I was I had spent the last 35 years of my life absorbing information. I read a book a week, generally, at least. So, and I've done that since I was a kid. So I have a lot of books in here. And I felt like I was so full of information that if I didn't get some of it out and on paper in a permanent way, I wasn't gonna have any more space for anything new. Like I was just, Charles Bukowski wrote a poem about when you are an author, you shouldn't write until the words are falling out of your mouth. I was puking at that point. They weren't yeah. falling out. I, it was like, it was projectile, like get You're this ready. out of my body because I need space for new stuff. So I spent the next year just getting it, getting it all out. Cool, cool. So you've got the book now. Yes. What would you say, it's been out a year, roughly? A year? No, gosh, I finished it a year ago and then it took me another year to publish it. Okay, so when did it publish? September 14th, 2020, one, one month ago exactly right now. It's a little baby. It's a little baby. It's a little, little baby. newborn. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. So yeah. you've got a one month old. Mm -hmm. And so, so what would you say then throughout this process, you know, when you started the writing process or the planning and outlining, like what's been your greatest accomplishment so far? It sounds like it's been a one or two year journey. Two years fully. Two years. So what in that two years, I realize the book's fresh off the, the press, but what has been your greatest accomplishment within that two year period? Because a lot of, a big part of my burnout story was relying on myself all the time. I DIY'd everything. I learned Polish fluently. I did, I mean, I, I really kind of set the bar pretty high and I pushed myself pretty hard. And when I did the bounce back ability thread through the book, I stopped and I knew the book still wasn't good enough. Hmm. And it was the first time in any of my career work that I stopped and said, I by myself have taken this as far as I possibly can. And now it is time for me to reach out for help and invest in outside eyes Good and brains. And that was for me the moment that I realized that this book wouldn't burn me out. I was already a year into it, but I thought, okay, now I can give this over and giving it over is my greatest accomplishment. Cool, so delegating, handing it over, releasing it, letting go, yes, accepting help, except yeah, it's not easy to do, right? As an entrepreneur, that's like one of the biggest challenges I know in my history is, you know, no one can do this better than me. Right. I'm gonna do this and I'll see it through, right? Exactly. And that's, but it's a very liberating thing. 
isn't it? Like when you're ready. You can take, yes, when you're ready, it's a very liberating thing because I stopped and I, I worked with a couple of really incredible women on my book and I knew that without their input, this book wouldn't be as powerful as it is, as sure. it could be at the time, as it is now, as it could be at the time. Sure. And I knew that I could only take it so far because my I'm not, this is, I'm a first time author. I don't have the experience. I don't have the way of looking at it. Yes, I've read a ton of books throughout my life, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. I just wanna take a minute and thank, is it Mahogany, I think? Yes. I yeah. love that name. What a cool name. So thanks yes, for tuning we're, in. Yes, we connected on LinkedIn. She's awesome. Yeah, she's participating with us. We appreciate you, Mahogany. And also to thank uh, Adrian, I believe, who's tuned in on Facebook. So how cool is that? Cool. I like it. All right. So your greatest accomplishment to date, isn't that neat, is I would call it letting go. Is, is acknowledging my limits, I think. Okay. Awesome. Acknowledging where my boundaries are, where, where my abilities finish. And when it's necessary to lean on somebody else in order to create the thing that you know can be created. It's, it's just never a solo project. And right. I felt like my life, my entire life was a solo project until that moment. Good for you. Yeah, I think when we reach a point where we have the willingness to ask for help, it's yeah. a big breakthrough uh, yeah. for, for entrepreneurs, for solopreneurs. And uh, yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I appreciate that. So what a neat accomplishment. Okay, so in the last two years, what's the biggest mistake you've made? When I was originally thinking about this question, I was thinking about the writing process. And my biggest mistake during the writing process was switching software all the time. Like I started writing in Google Doc and then I, I put everything into Microsoft Word and then I got Scrivener and then I there was another one. I need the oh, Hemingway app. I need this app. It's all about the software. It's all about the software. This is really going to make it easier for me. I used, right. I think, four or five different pieces of software. Meanwhile, I haven't written a proper paper <laughs> since I left college, and mm -hmm. acupuncture school was not exactly paper heavy. So really, I hadn't written a paper since I wrote in French about Albert Camus when I was at Boston University. Like, I, I hadn't used... So, all of these features that Microsoft Word has now, I didn't even know about them. At some point, my husband was looking through it and he was like, why have you not been using headlines so that your chapters are automatic? And I was like, cause I didn't know you could do that. Like, yeah. I'm, way, like I'm talking way far behind. I had no idea. And I wish that I would have taken the time to learn any of, it doesn't matter what system you use, by the way, to learn right. any of the systems well, so right. that it would have been easier to keep myself organized along the process. As an author, that was definitely, definitely my biggest mistake. As a person, my biggest mistake has been ignoring the red flashing lights for too long. Right. Yeah. I know what that's like. I know what that's like. So I think that that's very common for many of us, especially as, you know, we're all internet marketers too. Many of us, I think most of us. If we're going to be responsible for marketing and moving copies of our book, if we're going to take ownership of moving programs, courses, masterminds, all these back end things beyond the book, we all have to, you know, one of the meta skills is internet marketing. Yeah. I think so many of us, whether it's writing or email marketing or ads or anything, social media, it's like we get caught up in it's all about the software mentality and we think that the software is going to be the answer, the solution, the hero. It's going to move the needle for us. It's like, it's what you 
put into it that matters. Yeah. Right? Like you, that's it. Like I remember I used when, when I was writing, I used the Hemingway app mm -hmm. because I wanted to get my book down to a sixth grade level. That was kind of my goal. So yeah. I vomited all, you know, inside Microsoft Word, yeah. had it edited. And then kind of the final stage for me of editing before it went to the copywriter was running it once or twice through Hemingway app and simplifying sentence structure. Right. Because I wanted it to be very accessible. Yeah. But the Hemingway app, if I would have started with it, it would have totally screwed me up. <laughs> you know? But I yeah. had that input of copy paste in. Yeah. So it's like, you know, whether it's a marketing, a funnel software, uh, an ad, it's like, you, even like if you look at ads, you, you still need to write the ads. Exactly. And it's sometimes better to plan that and prepare that and be ready so that when you pop open the account, or you pop open that writing software, whatever it is, it's like, oh, I'm prepared, I'm ready. Because that learning curve is challenging enough. When you exactly. couple the learning curve for new software, as well as I'm not ready to even put anything in here yet, yeah. that's where we get so stuck, right? That's, that's where, where we get super overwhelmed. Super overwhelmed. If then I would have spent an hour, literally spent an hour on YouTube tutorials of Microsoft Word, I probably would have saved myself 20 to 40 hours hmm. of bullshit. Excuse That's, my amazing. French. That's like, amazing. Literally 20 to 40. You know, hours. people like you keep keep breaking my clean lyrics badge. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're just being real, right? It's not a big deal. But That's like when I say, oh, I'm going to be clean lyric. And it's like, no, I can't control that. <laughs> You're being you and I appreciate it. Okay. So I think one of the reasons a lot of people want to tune into this episode with you is because you, my friend, are moving copies. I You're selling that. copies. So I asked you what was working right now really well in my email last week. And you said, I'm, I'm selling copies. That's what's working right now. So that's really exciting yes. for me as a fellow author. And I'm sure it's exciting for our viewers and listeners because they too, my guess is, you know, they're looking to move copies too. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing in that category. Uh, to be honest, the conversation that I had with you was really helpful. So if you are not offering that as a service, you might want to consider it because, <laughs> because I really got a lot out of the you know hour or so that we spent on the phone uh, in the pre-launch phase. Um, cool. It was really, really useful for me. But for me right now, the my I had a launching person. I had, she calls herself a book doula. Her name is Anik Inna. She's amazing. And... That was another time where I stopped, thank you, Mahogany. That was another time where I started, like I got to a certain point and I said, I'm not gonna be able to do this by myself. I need somebody else that knows how to do this better than me to just give me some guidance and show me the way because otherwise I'm gonna get, I'm gonna rabbit hole this and it's gonna be awful. And we did a really good job of creating the launch team ahead of time and getting out advanced reader copies and creating a Facebook community for them. So one of the things that we did was for the advanced reader group, we created a Facebook group. And every week I did a free Facebook live discussing one of the things in the book for the whole time of the launch. So not for only were people reader. for the advanced readers. Okay. Got it. So Go by on. the time they had read the book and gotten these videos, they were so familiar with the material that when it came time to share the book, their information that they were giving other people was really on point. Cool. They weren't just like, yeah, it's a great book. My friend wrote it. Yay. 
they were like, no, this part of the book really mattered to me. And when I had all of the information from them, so I gathered their testimonials in a Google form by asking very specific questions. And then I copied and pasted their rearranged answers back to them so they could put them on Amazon on the day that the book came out so they could make a book purchase and post a review immediately so that I would have as many reviews as possible right at the beginning. And when I did that, I was able to go through and highlight all of the things that were repeating. So I had 34 people out of the 60 that read the book, I had uh, of 60 advanced readers, I had 34 people write me a review ahead of time, which meant that I had 34 opinions of people that had never read the book before, and these were the things they were noticing. So then those were the things I took as my marketing materials, because those were the things that were you know, really hitting people and resonating with people. So I didn't have to make a choice about what I was gonna market, I just followed the patterns. Okay, so hang on a minute, because you're unloading some really valuable nuggets for us here. I love this. Okay, so let me go back. Let me go back. Okay. You, so here's what you did and I didn't. So I, I too had an advanced reader campaign and I was, it was recommended to me multiple times by mentors, coaches, uh, the books I was reading to create a Facebook group. And I said, nah, I'm not going to get into the Facebook group thing. I just came off. Uh, I, I'm on the back end now of a five day challenge that I hosted and facilitated on Facebook in a private group. And I am shocked at how effective that is. I am shocked at how ineffective my email campaigns were. And I am like blown away by how much I was able to get in front of people and penetrate that Facebook group. I mean, it was like 10, 15 to one visibility. Yeah. So for those of you listening who are thinking of doing an advanced reader campaign, if you're like me and you're like, no, I don't need a community. I don't need a Facebook group. I think you should reconsider because listen to what Kate just did. She had a private Facebook community of people in her advanced reader campaign and she was active in there. And by her being active, I don't know if you went live or not, but I as we're, you know, we all know now live videos are preferred and, you know, uh, they have way more visibility in the algorithms than anything else you can do basically yeah. on all the socials these days. Right? right. So she went live. It sounds like daily. No, no, weekly. Weekly, weekly. Okay, and how far in advance? Did I let the, from, so I have in, in the bounce back ability factor, there's seven reasons you burn out and seven tips on what to do about it basically. Mm -hmm. so, so I did seven weeks okay, and so I did burnout reason number one, burnout reason number two, burnout reason number three. Awesome, so get this. She basically took the framework in her book or took the chapter layout in the book. Exactly launched this advanced reader campaign seven weeks prior to publishing, which is a lot of advanced planning. I give you a lot of credit. So she anticipated the launch seven weeks before the date. She creates this Facebook community. How many advanced readers did you have? 60 people signed up. The Facebook group ended up being about 35. Okay. And then that was that the launch team was the 35. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, but I emailed everybody the whole time. So when I created, when I had my launch team of 60 people, I knew that not everybody was going to read the book, write a review, be prepared, buy a book. I knew that. That's, that would be ridiculous to assume that everybody would. So when I had those 60 people, I said, listen, 
I'm going to send everything that I put in the Facebook group out in an email. So if you're not a Facebook group person, I'm not going to leave you behind. You'll get the emails, but you're not going to get the videos and you're not going to get the community and you won't really have the opportunity to ask me questions. Okay. So is it safe to say that you had this advanced reader campaign list and you pulled people out of that list and created the launch team out of them? Yes. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly yes. what I did. So I had yes. 125 people on my advance. These are small right. lists, guys. Are you listening to this? I had 125 advanced readers. Kate had- Yeah, so double mine. Yeah, th these are not big lists. We're not, you know, we don't have 100,000 people on our list, right? So these are small lists of friends and family, clients, whatever else, people who want to support us. So you had 30 there. I, I, did, I did the same thing. So I had 125 and I got 20 people. I kind of grabbed 20 people out of that 125 who took me up on the launch team initiative. So yeah. you took it a step further. You created the Facebook group, which, which now I appreciate the strategy behind that. Then you went live in there seven weeks preceding the date of your launch and you really educated your launch team on speaking the language, articulating your message well, yes. teaching them what the book was out in a deeper, more advanced way than them just reading the advanced PDF copy. Right. So that's brilliant. So you're empowering these people. Okay. So I, I just wanted to take a second and say this Facebook group, that tool, that vehicle for a community is so powerful because you are going to get visibility. You will penetrate their walls. You know, it's harder and harder to penetrate an email inbox these days with the filters out there, with the promotional tabs. It's not easy. Open rates are really low currently because of all the filtering. So that's awesome. So kudos for that. Then, then listen to what Kate said, everybody. Then she emailed them and solicited feedback from them. She wanted this was to- more, But I said this ahead of time. I said, when you sign up for being, uh, to me, there was no difference between advanced reader and launch team. I was calling it my launch team from the very beginning, but it okay. is advanced reader at the same time. Sure. Okay. But Got I didn't it. call. I didn't call it that. I called it a launch team from the very beginning. Wow. Okay. Got so it. So when I said, "Do you want to be on the launch team?" I said, "Here are the rules for being on the launch team. Number one, you must read the book before August fourteenth. Number two, by August fourteenth, you must send me a review. Number three, on September fourteenth, when the book goes live, you must agree to purchase another copy of the book. I realize you already have one. I will be running a sale. It will be as cheap as humanly possible." But I need you to get a copy of the book because when you post your review, I need it to come up as verified. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Right? So these are the rules that I that will get you into that you're agreeing to when you say that you're on the launch team. So I said that from the very beginning. I, there's a lot of launch team efforts that say, get the book free now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not getting a free book. I'm sending you this copy now, but I need you to buy another one later. Sure. Sure. Okay. So you disclose that up front makes yes. perfect sense. Full disclosure. I love yeah. that. Now you're eliciting feedback from them because Kate's saying, well, I want to know in their words what their feedback is. Because sometimes, as we all know, as marketers, it's really hard to get clarity and see things from, you know, see the label of the bottle from inside the bottle. So Kate goes out and elicits feedback from these people who are now tuning in, learning more about her book, her seven step framework, whatever it is you call it, the chapters in the book. And now she's getting feedback, which is so smart. And then you took it a step further. And now you're using the words that your readers are using in your 
marketing collateral. Is that yes. accurate? Exactly. exactly. Awesome. exactly. So, so then, so, so then you found the common threads, by the way. So Kate stepped right. back, looked at a holistic view of the feedback and started to recognize patterns and trends and saw some common threads. And you can make this really easy for yourself. If you are an author, please do not ask people to just simply write a review or give you feedback. People do not have the time to think about what it is that you want from them. And it's Nor overwhelming. Nor do you want feedback unless you, they are an like A plus ideal reader. Don't know, ask and, your and nobody is. Don't ask your siblings. Don't right. ask your friends unless these are the people who are gonna buy the book and consume the message, right? So, right. so, so I, I sent out a Google form and the question was, you know, well, the questions were, what was the most impactful message that you got out of this book? So when I got 34 answers and 12 of them said, I love the, uh, the concept of sitting in the muck. When 12 out of 34 people said that, I said, okay, then we need to talk about this. Did you ever get surprised? Were you ever like, oh, wow, I had no idea that those words yes, or that phrase or that paragraph yes, would resonate uh, so much. The things that I thought were like super smart and amazing, people totally right. lost over. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. They were like, so, not clever. I like this other piece. Okay. One thing I might recommend, and I learned this from, I, I was involved with a mastermind with Tim Grawl, who's just mm -hmm. an incredible book marketer. And uh, during that mastermind, I learned that, you know, distance, you know, we all forget things over time. So to go back to this group 60 to 90 days later, and then ask them a handful of questions. What, what do you remember about the book? What stood out to you right. the most? What was your favorite story to just right. seem right. like right. as time goes by, go back and make sure that either a, their answers still align or B, you might collect some new data after time has passed a little bit, right? Yes, absolutely. This is interesting because the Facebook group that I created for the advanced readers has turned into the Facebook group for my book. Hmm. So in the book, in the Kindle version, obviously there's a link, but even in the book, there's a, there is a, a link, a, a website that people can go to, to join this Facebook group. And when they join, they get access to all those videos that I made so already, I right? So that. all that stuff is already there and it's not growing quickly. And to be honest, I haven't paid a ton of attention to it because I kind of keep forgetting that it's there, but I pop in and every few days there's four or five new people. But this is so valuable, Kate, because you have an active audience. I mean, as long as you stay somewhat Right. Relevant and active in there. Like you have engagement and active audience who like you, know exactly. you, trust you, want to support you. Mm -hmm. The next time you publish a book, the next time you run a campaign, the next time you uh, host a challenge, the next time you launch an online course, whatever it is for you, you yes. have that small channel yes. of potent people who are ready, willing, and able. And you can say, hey, I just want to let everyone know. This also is what's happening. 30, 40, 50, 100 more eyeballs over time. So that's a yeah. really nice stocked pond of hungry. Well, and what, what happened there was I went on this week and I said, listen, I need this group to be like valuable for you. And I've never run a Facebook group before. And I knew exactly what I was doing during launch time. But now, like I just said flat out, like I don't really know what you want and what you need, but I want this to be a place that's useful. So what do you want and what do you need? And I had three questions come up. And two of the questions are answered in an online course that I have. Cool. So that meant to me that the questions that are coming up for people after they read my book 
are the questions that will lead people to the online course that I have. So if I can get the people in the Facebook group, then I can let them know when that question comes up, hey, listen, I have a solution for that already. I thought about that too. Yeah. Here it is. I love that. So you are very attentive to the feedback. You are paying attention. You are recycling and reusing it very wisely, which I love. And then I like something you said about 10 minutes ago, which was you're literally giving the instruction manual for people to go leave a review. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what we have to remember and what I found out during when I launched back in July is like, there's a lot of people who have never left an Amazon review before. Oh, I made a video. Yeah. Everybody got, I wrote out 34 individual emails to everybody who had written a review. Based on their own feedback, I think. Based on their own feedback. Awesome. And I said, okay, listen, today's the day. Today's the day you need to buy a book. And once the book is purchased, it's time for you to leave your review. Here's a copy of the review that you already wrote. All you have to do is copy and paste. Here's a video of how you leave a review on Amazon. It's not done on my book because I made the video before my book was ready. But here, let me show you how it's done. The video was only 45 seconds long, but it was open this link, click here, scroll down, press five stars, do, blah, blah, blah. And I sent out very clear instructions on, and I said, and, and if you'd like to share it when you're done, then that would be extra special helpful. Love it. Yeah, so smart. I, I love that. I love that. So, okay, so we are one month. One month in. One month in. How are things going? You're moving copies. Moving so we, copies. I understand how you move copies at you know ahead of time, prepped, and then for launch. But how are you sustaining those copies 30 days in? For me, I'm taking the quotes. I asked one of the questions that I asked people in their feedback was, is there a quote that you highlighted while you were reading? So the quotes that people highlighted have now become Instagram posts, LinkedIn posts. If you, if you guys scroll through, you'll see that on the weekends where I don't usually have any content, I've prepped my buffer to send out book quotes and questions. Have you got your copy yet? Book quotes and questions. Have yeah. you got your copy yet? And that's it. But I'm only using the quotes that people already decided were important to them. So, you know, when you download a Kindle book and you see that a thousand people have highlighted this quote, you know, I didn't want to wait to see because a thousand people don't even have my book yet. So I didn't want to wait to see how long that would take, but I did have this sample of 35 people and there were a few quotes that came up over and over and over again. I love that. I love that. I hope everybody is, is, is recognizing what Kate is doing here. I'm a huge fan of like this, I would call it acres of diamonds kind of a strategy. It's very organic. It's very bootstrapped. It was a strategy I used for my book launch, but it's like sometimes everything we need is right underneath our nose. So Kate starts with this list of roughly 60, 65 people. She is paying attention and she is recycling everything. She, she is like squeezing every ounce out of this thing she can get. And she's even going as far as on the weekends, creating quote cards of some of the most impactful quotes that she's gathering from her readers. So that, that's unbelievable. I mean, I really, you know, I honor you for all of that. that. That's an amazing thing that you're doing. And literally to me, that's like an acres of diamonds strategy. Well, that's thank amazing. you. I, I didn't really have much of a strategy. I mean, I did have help with the launch, but a lot of this has just been like 
what what comes next? You yeah, know, well, like you're, you're good. building the airplane in the sky. Yeah, and, it looks good in hindsight, but I didn't know what the hell was going on while I was yeah. in the process. It wasn't. Yeah, that but you're taking you know? action, and when we move forward, you know, learning happens in motion. And when you're yes. moving forward, especially like I call it, building the airplane in the sky. If we take action courageously, even though we don't have all the stepping stones along the way, we don't have the yeah. clarity that we would want. Right. But you're taking action and I'm sure you're, you're getting all these creative, inspirational ideas along the way because you're yeah. in motion. Exactly. So Kate didn't plan to elicit favorite quotes and like, oh, that's going to be my Instagram story. I'm sure at some point it just hits you like, wow. Oh, they all are saying the same thing. I should probably do something with that. Yeah, that's was, a really cool idea. Response. Yeah. Now you have clarity. Now you have a process and now you're, you're, you're doing that. I, I just love that. I just love that. Cool. Okay, what else are you doing? There's gotta be more. What else are you what doing to move copies? To move, that's it. That's all you're doing? Yes. Well, no, I no, that's not you're true. Not I'm total, I just totally lied. Yeah, I absolutely lied to you. Um, I have a very you're successful- live. on, I, I get I totally, it. I totally lied. You're um, I have a successful podcast myself, so I am reminding people on my podcast every week that they could, they can get a copy of my book, that that's a possibility. I also have been, obviously I'm here today, so there's that. And I have, I spent pretty much the end of July, August and September guesting on other people's podcasts. Cool. So cool. I, a lot of them have not come out yet. Some of them, because podcasting is so um, different depending on who you are working with. Some people record it and put it out that week and some people record it and put it out four months later. Right. So I started way out in July because I knew that there were gonna be people that wouldn't be ready to release, you know. So sure. I, I know that there's gonna be some that come out around Christmas and I'm thrilled with that because wonderful. I already did that, it's done. So I definitely have quite a few, I think I did, I would really have to count, but I think I did 14 or 15 podcast guest slots. Good for you. Good for you. How are you getting those slots? So I'm in a lot of Facebook podcast collab kind of groups, two or three. Uh, I wouldn't say met. maybe not a lot, two or three. That's how we met. Exactly. So I'm on two or three of those. I am, when you do a call out for guests in one of those groups, it's really overwhelming. Right. It is very overwhelming because you get like 110 responses. Right. Yeah. And I know that because I've done that in the group. And how many, those, how many of those are like legitimate? They read your instructions. They're an ideal guest for you. Yes. It's exactly. like putting an application out on Indeed and trying to hire somebody. Right. It's like it it's a job to and sit. Yes. Through. Yeah. Exactly. So what I do when I answer those questions is I structure my answer in the same structure that the question was offered. And I only reply to call outs that have very specific asks. Smart. I don't reply to call outs that are like, I have an entrepreneurial podcast. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what you talk about. I don't know what your focus is. That's not a, that's, that's too small a word for me. Like I, that's I, no. Absolutely not. So I look for things that are very, very in line with who I am, what I do, what this book is for. And then I craft my response very carefully about what about what this person is asking for. And I have, you know how you make a speaker sheet? Do you know what a one sheet is? Yeah, sure. So for people out there, the, if when you are a speaker, you have something that's called a one sheet. It's basically like a resume 
of your speaking abilities. It has your name, your contact information, your picture, places that you've been featured, a bio, and maybe your top three talks, plus some feedback from a participant and like your media reel, you know, is like Forbes and blah, blah, blah on the bottom. Right. And so you try to fit that all on one page so that when people are looking for a speaker, they can they can scan through quickly and see if they want you. I have a special one that is just for podcasts. Cool. Smart. So I have I have a speaker, a, a one sheet that is just for podcast guesting. And it says at the top, I want to guest on your podcast. And it's a fun picture of me. And it starts with this is what you're going to get if I'm on your show. I'm comfortable talking on camera. I'm not going to um and ah a lot. I'm going to be a lot of fun for your audience because I like to laugh. I'm going to be pretty quick and I'm going to give you a lot of tips and strategies because I'm a very practical person and I like to get that out. Hmm. I understand that sharing my episode is important. So please know that it is going in my newsletter and on my social media and in my Instagram stories and, and, and. Is anyone getting annoyed? Is anyone listening or watching getting a little annoyed with Kate for how dialed in she is? <laughs> like I thought I was good. That's fantastic. So I have a sheet that says all that stuff and says these are the instead of a reel where like my speaker my speaker one sheet has, you know, Forbes, Thrive Global, you know, the kind of like the bigger names on it. But my podcast guest sheet has icons of the podcasts that I've been on. Cool. Already. So, and it says, these are the topics that I cover, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I throw up, I answer the person's question, actually answering their question instead of twisting their question into being something that I would like to talk about, which is what most people do sure. when they're answering. They're like, I know you're not exactly asking for this, but maybe you could consider. No, I don't do that. I only answer if I have a direct answer. So I answer the, the, call out as specifically as I can. Okay. And I attach my one sheet to the bottom so, so that when it comes up in a Facebook comment, you have the preview of the one sheet. Love it. Yeah, love it. Mahogany says, I need to get my copy. Mahogany, go right now to Amazon and get the <laughs> bounce back ability factor right now. I agree. I need to get a copy too. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that with us. That's, um, that's incredible. Because again, you know, the common thread for me in all the marketing training the author marketing training I've taken this year, which is a lot, yeah. is you got to get on podcasts. You got to get on podcasts. So I appreciate all of that. Uh, and as a, as a host, though, I would say, please stop reaching out to podcasts that are not the right fit for you and that you haven't listened to. I get five to seven requests every week for people that would like to be on my podcast. I only have two guest slots a month. I have a 60 person waiting list and most of the people that write to me do a bad job. Yeah. So stop wasting everyone's time. Please. I understand that you're trying to get on podcasts and I understand that sometimes the throwing the spaghetti at the wall works. However, I really, really don't have the time to read through how you think you're going to help my people on a podcast that you've never listened to, that you clearly haven't listened to, because you're talking about offering something that's not even the structure or format of my show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get creative, guys and gals. I mean, I, I had someone last week say, so, so this person connected with me and I don't usually just accept friend requests from yeah. people I don't know. Yeah. 
So this person tried that, didn't get through, then sent me a message on LinkedIn, nice message. I ended up connecting with him, didn't know what his intention was just yet. Right. Then sent me a message on LinkedIn a few days later. Now I knew what his intention was. It was to right. get on this podcast. Yeah. Didn't respond. And about a week later, he sent me another message with a video, like a like a 60 second video about one of my episodes, which I yeah. appreciate. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. He did his due diligence. He complimented me as a host. And then, you know, he had his book in the background. He said, and, you know, I'm currently trying to get on podcasts. Here's why I think I would, you know, deliver value to your audience, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of training for that process and he actually executed it very well. Um, for me, I've never been comfortable with cold calling. No, me either. So for me, all this training that is suggested to us, all these strategies are like, you know, do your due diligence and send emails and then be persistent. That to me just, I have a hard time. You know, that to me is like a non-starter strategy because I don't like cold calling. Yeah. So that's why I decided to start my own podcast. I was thinking, well, you know, I'm a big fan of the law of reciprocity, right? So it's right. like, if, I, if, I, if that's what I want to get, how can I give that opportunity to others? Right. And, and maybe through those relationships, I can then get introduced and get referred. Um, so, and that's worked. I've been very grateful for, for the, con the, the, the connections I've made to people like you, the strategies I'm learning. I mean, these are some really awesome conversations. I would like to have these conversations even if we didn't have the show right yeah, now. Yeah, we did have this conversation even outside of the <laughs> <We did>. show. <laughs> and a little bit of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's awesome. So you've given some really good insight as far as, you know, how did you have a successful book launch, but then how are you sustaining the book sales post-launch? I read a book many months ago and I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was like the snowball book launch strategy, I think. And uh, in it, um, the author, Ray Brem, I think his name was, talked about the, the, the book launch hangover. Yeah, because you know? it's like, wow, this is incredible. And it's like, and oh, like, and then you look into your Amazon or wherever you're selling books. You're like, well, there's some goose eggs. How do I sustain these sales? So I appreciate that. I think the podcast strategy is certainly a good one. Yeah, if that's the right fit for you, if you're comfortable, if it's in line with you know what you do best, if you if you're a good speaker. Yeah, right? if you're comfortable on video, because I know a lot of these podcasts now are doing video podcasts. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So thanks, Kate. Thanks for that insight. So 30 days in now, what's not working? What are you struggling with the most? The thing that for me is really hard is to now stay on top of it. I Because I finished writing this book a year ago, I'm already on book two in my head, mm. but my actual life still needs to be on book one. It's hard. And it's really, really hard. And book one has is, helpful has been helpful also in getting me so i was able to podcast guest a bunch of places that was really lucky but it's also getting me attention from corporate speaking opportunities and things like this i've had quite a few people reach out to me in the past month or so and it's and it's mostly from the book and so i know that i need to focus on this material for a while longer and but my brain is is trying to go one step further and I have to keep saying like, it is not time for that yet. Like I need to be here now. So the thing that's not working is I love this book. I'm, I'm so glad that I wrote it. I am thrilled with how it's doing. And I know that the information is so helpful for people. Also, it's like old for me. 
Sure. Right. <laughs> like, been, it's been two years and a month for you. Yeah, exactly. So that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's difficult for me too, because as I was, I'm an avid reader like yeah. you. They say to be a good writer, you have to be an avid reader. Yeah. To know what good writing looks like. And I agree with that. But for me, like I had, as I was going through the writing process, eight additional book ideas popped into my head. And, <laughs> and I was really, I really enjoyed, I think maybe the writing process. Like I look at this and for me, there were six phases. Yeah. There was the planning or the outlining. There was the actual writing. Mm -hmm. Then there was editing. Mm -hmm. Then there was designing, then publishing, then marketing. Mm -hmm. And I'm being honest, every step I'm like, oh, thank God that's over. The worst is behind me. And then I got the next step. I'm like, oh, this is the worst part. Yeah. So it's not easy, right? No, it's really but, not. But if I look back, I think the writing, just, just giving myself permission to block out all the noise. I love that part. Clarify and organize thoughts. Yeah. Like around this topic that I was, you know, just I hadn't articulated in the past exactly as well as I would have liked to, like just committing to it. Yeah. That was the neatest part. Button seat, right. Yes. Was, you know, awesome. Probably because I was alone, undistracted. Exactly. I, exactly. I, I, yes. I, yes. I can't write during regular life. Yeah. I, I don't know how people, I can't have a conversation. I just had a coaching client this morning, this conversation. Now I'm doing, I'm seeing a friend for acupuncture after this. So I'm doing really a lot of different things today. And in the middle of things like that, I can't write. I have got to be holed up on a writing in a writing retreat somewhere. Don't talk to me for 10 to 20 days. Let me get this out. Sure. I, I cannot, unless it's the only thing I'm doing, it doesn't happen at all. Sure. Yeah. Which is why I can't write the second book right now. <laughs> this is like so many, you know, there's so many other things that are happening yeah. that I, that's, there, it's not the time or space for that now, but it's really hard. But I do yeah. love that. Wake up in the morning. So, so as a creative though, I think yeah. like I really would, I would love to do nothing more than to turn this off and just write my next book. Right. It's in me and I would yeah. love to clarify it and spend time outlining and writing. Like I would love to go through that process again. Yeah. However, similar to you, I mean, my book's two and a half months new. And, and I made the commitment, like there, you listen to a lot of people and they're like, you need to stay on this and market it for a minimum of a year. Exactly. Some experts tell you two years, some people right. say three years. Right. And for me, it's like, I have a responsibility to stay with this. It's, it's, yes. it's exactly. good enough. And I think your topic is very relevant and very good enough where like my topic's intentional living. It's matters all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's, it's, I'm on time. Right now, if you're on time. It's fantastic. So you, you know, that book deserves your attention for at least a right. year. In my opinion, you owe it to yourself, the work, the effort, the hours, the miles you've already run to nurture that baby. I agree. Adulthood. So I, I love agree. the fact, and I really honor you for that because I think it's very hard for a lot of us creatives to not move on to the next project, but to stay the course, stand our post and keep pushing that same message over and over and over. So I really applaud you for that. It isn't easy. 
It is not easy. I did a workshop on uh, with a place called Workplace Less. They specialize in remote workers, and they've been around for two or three years. But of course, this year they had quite a big explosion because all of a sudden corporations needed support creating proper remote work atmospheres. And so I did a workshop on burnout for them yesterday. And when I started, when I prepped it, you know, and they have four slides because I don't really need slides. I talk about this all day, every day. It's 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 all it's all very top of mind. And I started doing it and I, I, I have my four slides and I was thinking, oh, this is way too simple. Like this isn't advanced enough anymore. But I forget that we're still in the baby phases of the book just because it's simple for me doesn't sure. mean it's not new information for the people that I'm talking to. But right. I feel like, well, I already wrote it. So doesn't everybody know? <laughs> right. You know, right. like, but I wrote it already. The information is out there. And people are like, oh, yesterday I got one of the responses was, that was the best webinar I've been to all year. And I was sad when it ended. How often are you sad when a Zoom call ends? Right. So, I, so it was a really great workshop. But I was when I was there, I was thinking, God, this is too basic. I'm not doing enough for them. This should be more in depth. And they were like, no, no, no. We're good here. Sure. Yeah, I find that all the time. I mean, you think that your repetition of your topic may be turning people off, but 90%, maybe more, when, when you haven't even heard it. And the people who do, like I always acknowledge the people who have already seen this or heard this. Yeah. And, you know, repetition is the mother of all learning. So I've come to the conclusion, my belief is like, this is still serving them too. Yeah. Because chances are they didn't apply what it was when they first heard it. Right. And maybe this time around, like, what is it? Um, there's studies done that, like, it takes us seven times to hear yeah. something for the first time. Yeah, and this is a linguistic. I, this is a linguistic rule. Yeah, and, and now it's like with my children, it's like instead of getting mad, like I told you three times, it's like, all right, told you three times, only four more to go, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. We exactly. use that now with the presentations, with my challenges, with any sort of spe speeches, like everything. It's like. I don't care if someone's already heard it. This time they're going to yeah. hear it. It's going to be better than the last time that they heard it because yeah. I'm improving. You know, I'm honing in on my craft here. Right. And maybe this is the time that, that they'll actually, you know, well, it, really important for marketing because mm -hmm. a lot of people out there, if you are, if you have an online business and you've written a book, then you spend a lot of time in this anyway. But even the people in online businesses, a lot of us are not marketing as much as we think that we are. We, a lot of us think we're over marketing and we are under marketing. Because people really don't see half the crap that you post. Right. You really have to say the same thing over and over. I had someone ask me recently, like, what's your secret behind being so active on social media? I said, have you ever read my social media? And she was like, yeah, I read everything. I said, do you ever notice that it's the same thing over and over again? I'm like, yeah, it takes me time to write it out. And yes, I sit down and write it out separately every time. But it's really all the same information mm -hmm. in different words all the time. Sure. And she was like, oh, I'm, and I had a fear around this for a long time. Like I'm, I'm saying too much, I'm talking too much, I'm telling people about my offers too often. They don't wanna hear it, they don't want me to sell. I, it's too overwhelming. And then I had a patient that I had treated in Prague and she was based in New York City, but I had treated her as a patient in Prague. She was there for a summer. And she moved, she went back to New York City and then, you know, surprise, surprise, a year later, I was opening an acupuncture office in, in the city. And I didn't know I was gonna do that. And she didn't know I was gonna do that, but we had a uh, an, an Instagram relationship and she followed me. She commented on my stuff all the time. 
I had been open in my acupuncture practice in New York City for four months before she was like, oh my God, you're here. This is somebody that follows me on purpose that already loves me as an acupuncturist. And I had been posting stuff that what I thought was all the time and it took her four months to see it. Yeah. Like just have to think about that. Yeah, it's. I think we all have to bend our own rules a little bit. I mean, I think we all get annoyed with yeah, the spam, and we get annoyed with the you know the the incessant messages on our Facebook walls. But you know, I just experienced this too myself, Kate. I mean, my my challenge that I did last week just basically expired and came down today, and I ran an offer for my acceleration program, which expired at midnight, basically Sunday evening or Monday morning. Yeah. And then I downsold a course on Monday of this week. And then yesterday I downsold um, the record, you know, lifetime access to the recorded training sessions, all the replays and all the assignments from the previous five days. Right. And I'm posting, you know, it was all training up until I made my offer. Yeah. Then it was more training with a reminder of the offer. And then like on Monday, I'm like, I'm hammering these people yeah. with, with this downsell. Yeah. Uh, and then yesterday, I'm like, man, I'm three emails, three posts in the group. There's a lot of, you know, I'm hammering them. They're going to get annoyed. They're going to get annoyed. And what's crazy is the last email I sent, I probably sent 40 emails in the past seven days. And and I would say 70 to 80 percent of those were training reminders. Yeah. But then I made offers at the end yeah. and I felt a little guilty, like I had to make peace with this because I don't enjoy it. But I'll tell you what. It works. Last night at 11.30 p.m. was the last reminder with, with one of those stupid 30-minute countdown, you know, infomercial yeah. things. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, but I trained my face off and I delivered a ton of value and I got a, just great feedback from people, just like yeah. you said about your webinar. I'm like, I was blown away by it. And so two more people at 11.59, I woke up this morning <laughs> and at 11.59, a minute before this whole offer went away in the, in the page redirected, I got two more sales at $47 a piece. So I made a hundred bucks during. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so cool. So I think if you're anything like me and it sounds like Kate, you're this way too. Like if you're really disgusted and turned off, like that's fine, but like bend your rules just a little bit. Cause the way I looked at it is I truly believe in the training. Yeah. I truly believe in my framework, my yeah. message. I have seen it impact very positively the lives of so many people. Right. And that's how much I believe in it. So I feel like I, I really do feel like I'm doing them a service Yes. by sharing these offers with them. So that's yeah. a big mindset thing I had yeah. to, it took a long time for me to really embrace that. Number one. And number two is we see so much stuff. Like if anyone's annoyed by this, they're just going to forget about it the next day. Like we have so much crap coming in. We're competing with thousands of marketing messages and thousands of posts all day, every day that we're just thumbing through. Yeah. The chances are if someone sees your message and they see it again and again, they probably won't get annoyed. And if they do, they'll unfollow you. If they do, they'll unsubscribe. And that cleans out your list. That cleans out your group. Yeah, like, thank you. Thank you. That's a good thing. I'm not here to annoy anybody. So you've done that for me. You've removed yourself. Thank you. I love what um, Mahogany contributed here. She said, repeat yourself in different ways. So yeah, you got to get creative. Yeah. You know, don't put the same stuff out there. Don't copy, paste, clone, clone, clone. You got to serve up a different 
you know, change out the sentence structure, put a different image by it. You, know, you got to get creative. You have to, earn. you have to earn. Thing. Yeah. And I think that you just said something really important that um, I remember when we're going back to Marie Forleo, who I, I really adore. And you said that you appreciate as well. Uh, when she was the first time that I heard about B school and she was talking about it, her business school that she runs her online business school, she was talking about it and she was saying, I know that this is impactful and I know this changes lives. And I was like, how do you get to the point where you can get on the computer and actually say that to people and like believe it? Because for a long time I was creating things that I was like, well, I need this to sell so that I can have income. And now I'm to the point, it's taken me quite a few years, but now I'm to the point where I know that I've created a podcast, a book and online courses that literally change people's lives. And I do not feel weird saying that anymore. I feel very confident saying that because I know that it's true. But I remember watching her say it and being like, how do you get that bold? Results. Say that. Results. Exactly. Exactly. And results it doesn't feel bold. Beliefs, right? So right. she's gotten results. So she's exactly. very confident saying that. And she has no conflict there. Exactly. In order to get results, we need to start. Yeah. You know, we need to just jump off the cliff. Exactly. And build that airplane on the way down. I mean, to me, that's the definition of an entrepreneur. And it takes a lot of courage. But you have to get, you have to start. You have to put yourself out there. You have to create that deadline, create that event. Just, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And and what really, what really locked in my belief, and what made me before we got on the call here, what made me go, oh, I need to be more aggressive on my next one, is I actually ran all the data. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I invested this amount in Facebook ads, and I generated this amount in revenue. I am thrilled, Kate, with the result. Like I, I'm like so thrilled with this. I can't right. do another one in two to three weeks. Like this is, this is the new webinar for me. Yay! I'll be doing cool. any more webinars. I will be doing challenges because it's such an amazing experience. You build community camaraderie. People have accountability. Yes. It, it's just a really neat thing. Relationships are starting. It's just so nice. And I think that's what's been missing for so long, especially right now in this pandemic, you know, we are are seeking connection more now, now more so than ever, probably yeah, because we've all been isolated. So, anyways, I was thrilled with that, but I looked at the numbers and I'm like, I'm gonna push harder next time. This was unbelievable, right? But I know I can do so much better if I could just push, bend my rules a bit, and be a little bit more aggressive with these things. Yeah. I, there were certain parts where I played small, yeah, and I didn't push where I probably should have. Yeah. Because I believe in the result that my products and programs and books deliver now because I've put myself out there and now I have results. Exactly. And that's what we're talking about. But you have to start. You have to, you know, jump off the cliff and do it and get the result. You have to earn that result. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And it's not always easy, but it's. it's so it's you, have, you have a webinar. So tell me about the back end. So we know about the book. What's beyond the book? You have a webinar. No, the webinar was done. That was for a particular workshop. Um, I do have a free burnout is not your fault sort of webinar that's on my website all the time that people can have access to. Okay. But outside of the book, the biggest, I think my biggest offer is one-on-one -on -one coaching at the moment and people are starting to ask for a group program. So that will be coming, you know, that likely after the holidays now. So that will be coming. Um, but my biggest offer is one-on-one -on -one coaching and that starts with a free call. So that's what people are mostly going to. 
And there, in between those things, I have a series of three courses that build again that build upon one another. The first one is a resentment journal mini course. It's a twenty-seven dollar, you know, tripwire short but super impactful course. One of my, it's, I think it's my favorite thing that I ever created, and it's twenty-seven bucks. You know, it's, it's kind of cool. crazy, cool. but it really takes the a whole twist on the gratitude journal cool. idea that a lot of people when you're burnt out you don't feel gratitude you just don't sure your brain is not primed for that and then you start feeling guilty about it and then and then and then so we flip that on its head we start to use resentment that allows you to create new boundaries so that you can have more energy back so that you can actually get out of your burnout so we use the, your, your starting point is resentment and i think that's a really fun one the next one is actually a challenge it's a it's a 10-day challenge and it's life coaching exercises delivered to you every single day. They only take 10 minutes a piece. You do it. And by the end, you at least know where you are and where you should be going. Is Whether that in, or not is, go is that in the Facebook group? That's in Kajabi. All of this is I have is on my website. Okay. So it's in Kajabi basically. Why aren't you do why aren't you practicing what you preach with that with that launch team? Yeah, I could do that. I hadn't fit it. I hadn't gotten there. The modality, right? People are already on Facebook. I can't believe how many people are on Facebook. Yeah. I think I underestimated how they're on there all day, every day. Because mm -hmm. like every time I went live within this community, it's just like things are happening. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, for sure. Um, whereas with Mike, I use Kajabi as well. So yeah. with that, it, it's you're over here on an island. Yeah. They're already there. Like my dad always says, you know, get over the fish, right? We grew up yeah. fishing. Are you over the fish? Are you over the fish? And it's right. like Facebook or maybe it's LinkedIn. It doesn't matter what Whatever, it is. Wherever it happens to be. Yeah. Wherever your ideal audience is feeding and yeah. on, you know, that those platforms have attention. They've already earned it. They've yeah. got it there. So I'm wondering if you changed up. It's possible. Where you're hosting your challenge rather than the secluded island where there's no commu yeah. community, so to speak. It is a or maybe paid challenge, so I wonder. I'd have to play with that a little bit. It's cool. not a free challenge. It's a paid challenge, but still, we could we could play with it a bit. And then the course, there's one course beyond that, so they build on cool. one another. And the last course is about keeping proper boundaries and plugging energy leaks. So the question oh. that often comes up when people are burnt out, they read through the book and they say, yeah, but how do I preserve energy during the day? Mm. What do I do on a day-to-day -day basis? And that's what that course is for. So, yeah. so we have one-on-one -on -one coaching, all the DIYs. Um, and, and of course, you know, I have an acupuncture practice in New York City, which my podcast and book have been great for drawing attention to. And I wasn't expecting that. I had my okay. first patient from the podcast a, a couple of months ago. And okay. she's like, I found your podcast. And I thought I'd come in. And I was like, whoa, oh, wait, no. I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> That's wild. That's yeah. so cool. But, yeah. but by doing the podcast or by doing any of these things, yeah. you're putting yourself out there. You know, you're building rapport with people. That is so exactly. important to show people who you are, to let people. I heard someone a few months ago say, you know, taste and see marketing. So by doing your podcast, you're letting people have a sample. Exactly. So for you, it's podcast. Maybe for someone else, it's a YouTube channel. Maybe right. for someone else, it's a Facebook group. The modality, the vehicle doesn't matter, but you're taking the time to put yourself out there and it's generating some business yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. My podcast is my number one G, uh, lead gen tool. I was, thank you. I was just going to ask you, what mm -hmm. is the number one way you generate leads currently? So your yeah, podcast. podcast. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. That's been a good vehicle for you. It has. Very cool. Well, thanks, Kate. This was so fun. It was so good to connect with you again. 
Yes, so thank you so much for having me. I am always, we had such a great conversation the first time we were on the phone and then you were such a big help just before my launch. And now you're a big help all over again. So thanks so much for being generous with your time and your knowledge and all of the things that you've learned over the years. You've been so, so helpful to me. And I can imagine that the people that just took part of your challenge and jumped into some of your courses are, are feeling pretty lucky right now. Well, thank you so much. Why didn't you say that when we first started? <laughs> because people are still watching. <laughs> thank you so much for saying that. That's very nice. And thank you for being gracious enough to be the first guest on the second season. Love guinea pigging. <laughs> All right. Well, let's have you back on soon. I want to hear about cool. more of your successes over the next three, maybe six months. We'll have you back on and figure out what's working for you. Then. I would love that. All right. Thanks, All right. Kate. Take care. Bye. All right, Sean here again. Wasn't that an awesome conversation? Just want to say thanks again for joining us this week. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you can catch all future episodes. Take care and remember to make it a great day.